Hello and welcome to Top Landing Gear Full Flaps and to our full-length interview with Emma Breeley, who runs the magnificent Petwood Hotel in Lincolnshire, which during the Second World War served as the officers' mess for a number of RAF squadrons, including 617 Squadron, the Dambusters. As such, Petwood's ties with the RAF are incredibly strong and it continues to host squadron reunions and gatherings. The BBMF's Lancaster regularly flies low overhead to offer a friendly salute in recognition of Petwood's RAF legacy. The hotel also boasts a wealth of memorabilia and, as you'll hear from Emma, some wonderful stories. Now, I must explain, this interview was conducted before, during and after a memorable dinner with Emma in the squadron bar. As such, it starts well, but as the evening wore on, the top landing gear team's ability to remain coherent was severely compromised. Suffice to say, Emma, to paraphrase Kipling, kept her head while all around her were losing theirs. So, here's Roy's gallant effort at piecing together the usable remnants of a most enjoyable and enlightening evening. This is Top Landing Gear. Well, we've come to the end of what has been yet another extraordinary day of highlights and treats in lovely Lincolnshire. And our base for this tour has been the Petwood Hotel, which is in Woodhall Spa. And it is run by Emma Brealey, who is with us tonight. And Emma, we are so delighted to be here. Thank you so much for allowing us to use your hotel. And we, you have a personal connection with us anyway through my brother, Jez. We'll come on to that in a minute. But first of all, the Petwood has a huge amount of aviation history and connection, doesn't it? Oh, it absolutely does. So it was requisitioned by the RAF in the Second World War in 1942. And uh, I'm sure there were very many merry nights here in the, uh, on the officers' mess. Um, it was already a hotel when it was requisitioned by the RAF. So there was already a bar, most importantly. Yeah. And uh, we've got some great stories about how these young men were were holed up here during the war. They, they had a pretty comfortable uh, wartime Did living they? here. Yeah. yeah, and we are actually now in the squadron bar, which is just lovely. It's quite snug. There is memorabilia everywhere. It's an oak-panelled dining room or room with beams, but memorabilia, bits of Lancaster there. I mean, just talk to us, Emma, if you would. Just explain what some of the things surrounding us are here in this bar. Well, what you can see here in the squadron bar is... 40 years of, of collecting from various hotel owners uh, through the past. Um, I think possibly most interestingly, we've got an unusual object hanging above the bar here. Uh, we, we've got a branch. Um, it's a huge branch. <laughs> it is, and you do have to spot it carefully because yeah. it's it, brown on brown, but, mm. but once you spot it, there's no getting away from the fact that there is essentially a big lump of wood <laughs> hanging above the bar. Yes. Um, and, and this story dates back to uh, 617 Squadron's Tirpitz bombing raids. So they were based at RAF Woodhall Spa. Um, it was a, a 617 Squadron bombing raid. And they, they took off from Woodhall Spa long flying time, about nine hours. So they needed to refuel um, on the way. And they were refueling in northern Russia when, uh, with the tall boy, I should mention. The tall still, boy bomb. Yeah, absolutely, still loaded. So they had to refuel, but... Getting height quickly enough after after takeoff was was pretty challenging, and the pilot Nicky Nillens, who was an American pilot who'd signed up with the Royal Canadian Air Force, his his Lancaster just brushed the tops of the trees. Yeah, 
in through the nose of the lank wedged this piece of wood. And so it was with them for the duration of their flight. You're kidding. So I'm not kidding. They flew on to, uh, to Norway, dropped the bomb uh, on the turpits, and uh, came back to our airport or spa, and the lads hoiked it out, the, the lank and hung it above the bar as a memento. I have to explain to our listeners, this is a huge... This is about 15 feet long, I would think. It's sizeable. And it? I just think a diameter of about four inches. And it didn't do any damage to anybody inside the aircraft? I mean, it, did it go through the bomb aim as plexiglass? Uh, it, it ended up closer to the pilot, so it was uh, fairly miraculous that it didn't do any damage, but um, it was fairly well lodged in there for it to have uh, gone on the rest of the uh, bombing raid with them. Climbing that in your leg would have been difficult. <laughs> <laughs> that would... I can't believe that. It's so most, that went, it is most of a tree. It's, it was huge. I mean, so that went all the way from Russia, on the bombing run, over the turpits, yeah. and back here to Woodhall Spa, which yeah. is where we are. Absolutely. <laughs> Making a rather chilly hole in the flight deck, I imagine, as well as the, um, the fact it nearly killed everyone on board. Yeah. Jesus. That is remarkable. Because, when you take 617 Squadron, many people listening to this will know that that is the Dambusters Squadron. Yeah. And after the Dambusters raid... They moved to Woodhall Spa. They've been at Scampton, haven't they? Correct. And they moved their base to Woodhall, Woodhall Spa. But, you, but this became the officer's mess somehow, the hotel. Yeah, so in 1942, the hotel was requisitioned by the RAF as an officer's mess. And initially, 97 Squadron and then 619 Squadron were living here. Um, the 617 Squadron had flown the dams raids from RAF Scampton. After that, the squadron continued to do low-level bombing raids and in January of 1944 they were posted to RAF Woodhall Spa and so 497 and 619 Squadron got kicked out and uh, 617 Squadron moved in. But were there no facilities on the airfield for them to use? Why did they have to be billeted in the hotel? I mean, I know, not, not that it was as a hardship for them. <laughs> um, various um, places locally were, were used to accommodate the, mm. the RAF personnel. So, um, so, was, so was Woodhall Spa a satellite airfield, but yeah, effectively? Exactly that. So, um, <coughs> so Coningsby still would have had um, mm. officers based there. I think the sergeant's mess was also in the village at another mm. hotel. So it, all sort of large houses locally or, yeah. or hotels were, were requisitioned to um, house the troops. Gosh, but this was very much officers. It was very much officers, of course it and, was. and I'm Having sure just there was look a... around. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, wonderfully, I mean, at, at that time, if I could just take you back to the the history of the the hotel, it was built as a private home in 1905, and the original owner had had oodles of money. She'd inherited a small fortune from her father. Her grandfather had set up Maple Furniture Company. If that yeah, rings any bells, does, her father yeah. really developed it. And she was the sole survivor of, of his children, so she inherited two million pounds, which is two million pounds in nineteen in in the so turn of the century. So you know that that's worth about one hundred and seventy eight million quid in today's money. Wow! So part of the and that's yeah, without having her own podcast. <laughs> that's without her own podcast, incredibly. <laughs> Incredible. And uh, and part of her her father's will was that she should find herself a country. Uh, retreat. Oh, At that time, there was a, a direct train from London King's Cross to Woodhall Spa. What would I give for that now? Yeah, um, yeah. Why, why was Woodhall Spa particularly important to that? I mean, the, it just happened to be on the on the rail network. 
it like like Leamington, you like other spa towns, it, mm. it had just developed that sort of appeal for, mm. for wealthy Edwardians to come and take the spa waters. So mm. that's how she discovered the area. She decided to build her home in her pet wood and, uh, and set about making her home here. So that was a nickname? Because it, yeah. it was her pet wood? So exactly. That's, right. Yeah, so it's, oh, it's always so it works now because it's called <laughs> wood, isn't it? <laughs> thanks, thanks for driving the point. <laughs> well done, well done. Um, but uh, but Grace um, remarried. She she went through a fairly uh, tumultuous divorce with a, a wealthy German baron. Um, he was an she? avid gambler, so Dad was worried that uh, they all, they all the Baron are. was going to spend all her money. But, um, she, uh, yeah, she, she made her home here in Woodhall Spa and essentially became the matriarch of Woodhall Spa. But she spent her fortune on her home. You know, she had to have the very best of everything. So we suspect that the, the carving in the reception area and the staircase was probably done by Maple Craftsman. Oh, really? Um, in 1910, she employed Harold Pito to come design her gardens, so we've just finished a restoration of the Pito Gardens. Um, she, she went through money like there was no tomorrow. And so by the time the, the officers were, were based here, you know, the gardens were beautiful. It was full of statues. It was just absolutely stunning. They'd have had a great time here. But um, we've we've come across anecdotes that so the... So where did she go when, when this was requisitioned? Did she stay in so the area she, she, over, she tried to sell it after the Great War, mm. um, and it was just impossible. So eventually she invited some hotelier friends from London to come and run it for oh, her sure. as, a, as a hotel. They eventually bought it from her, the Fleury's, and they ran the hotel for, for years, but it was in their ownership when, when the RAF requisitioned it. Nice. Um, but we've got some great stories about the, uh, the officers being... Uh, Using the statues in the garden for target practice. <laughs> because the gar I mean, people come here just to see the garden. Yeah, so they are beautiful yeah. gardens here. I think there's a... Isn't that the remnants of a bouncing bomb in the garden? Absolutely, yeah. And I was talking about the oak-panelled room. I mean, most it's a be beautiful hotel. It's, it's sort of neo-Tudor, if you like, isn't it, in, in, in style, would you say? Yeah, it, it's like a, a mock Tudor yeah. appearance on the yeah. outside. And, and that's typical of a lot of... The um, architecture in Woodhall Spa. Yeah. yeah, but am I right in saying that all this oak panelling had to be covered up once the RAF moved in to protect it? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Right? Particularly the uh, the staircase that comes out of reception and the and the drawing room. That yeah. that was the original oak panelling, and uh, I think they took some precautions and boarded it up before the uh, officers moved in, expecting a load of hijinks. Yeah, and, and which they got. Absolutely. So, what sort of things? Were they doing that? Target practice on the statues? In Target the practice on I the mean, statues. Uh, we've got a wonderful picture of um, two squadrons having a snowball fight in the gardens. You know, you just it brings home the fact that they were really young men. Yeah. You know, 19, 20 mm, year olds. It's extraordinary, isn't it? Um, now, Leonard Cheshire was was based here. He was uh, he was the boss of 617 Squadron uh, whilst, whilst they were here. And when the officers were issued firearms he had to issue a, a decree that thou shalt not clamber onto the roof of the hotel and, and fire <laughs> your, your pistols down the chimney pots and, and that sort of <laughs> <laughs> well it just goes to show you what sort of steam you had to let let off if you'd yeah. been on a, a nine hour five hour whatever long length of raid into germany uh you know, you're under the pressure you would have, you know, were under, and therefore the steam you need to let off must have been incredible. I guess so. Are there still bullet holes from that sort of jinx that you? Not to my knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> but speaking of letting off steam, and Benny Goodman, 
who is um, one of our surviving 617 Squadron veterans, he's told me that when he was based here, he had a, a motorbike that was stored next to where my office is now. <laughs> and he'd, he'd ride down to London of an evening, you know, to go out and, and come back in the morning. What? Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. That's what, a three-hour ride? Probably not then. <laughs> no, right, OK. But, yes, easily a fair distance. Wow. But, uh, yeah, if that was where the fun was to be had, he... Uh, he certainly had some fun down there by the sounds of things. That's amazing. Um, six months the Dan Bus is obviously led by Guy Gibson, so was he here as well? Did he stay no, he'd, he'd moved on by the time um, 617 Squadron were based here. He did visit. I mean, we've got a, a wonderful photograph on, on the wall of uh, Guy Gibson enjoying a drink on the terrace. Um, it's, it's lovely that you can relate that to what's here today yeah. you know, just outside our what we now call the terrace bar you can literally stand in his footsteps yeah. it is, it's so evidently the Petwood I mean the connections here are so tangible aren't they with, yeah. with Bomber Command and with those two squadrons in particular and I think you, you still host reunions don't you? Yeah. Yes, usually. This year it's obviously <laughs> yeah. had a, a thrown a spanner in the works but yeah, ordinarily we, um, we host two reunions for 617 Squadron uh, that's the the Dan's dinner in May, uh, on the weekend of the uh, closest to the 16th, 17th of May. Yeah. And then usually around Remembrance Weekend, which falls on the anniversary of the Turpits, we host the Turpits reunion dinner. Uh, it's also you know, important to say that it's, it's not just 617, it's 619 Squadron, yeah. who still have a very active reunion, and, uh, and they come to us every year as well. And have, I assume numbers have dwindled and dwindled over, over the years. What are we at now to, for a reunion of original... Six one nine, six one seven. Count on one hand. Yeah. Six one seven is an extraordinary squadron, isn't it? Because it's been brought brought, brought into action, disbanded, brought back, yeah. and you know it's had the Vulcan, it's had the Lancaster, it's now the Lightning. The Lightning. Yeah. It it's incredible. It's 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 enduring. And I hope your connection will always be with you know that amongst other squadrons. Six one. That connection will continue. I hope. Well, I, I hope so. You know, we um, absolutely love hosting 617 Squadron, whether those are veterans or, or current serving members. I mean, at a reunion a few years ago, one of the um, former squadron members said to me how interesting it was that over the, the evolution of, of the squadron, you know, the Lancaster started with seven personnel, then the Vulcan had five, then the Tornado had three, you know, and now we're down to, yeah. you know, down to one. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's extraordinary, isn't it? Did you, when you took on the hotel, how long ago did you take this on? <laughs> uh, I planned to stay for six months. <laughs> I celebrated my 10th anniversary in lockdown. <laughs> oh, cheers to that. <laughs> well, um, um, yeah, well done. Tenure. Thank God you did as well. <laughs> yeah, quite. I mean, did you have any interest at that stage in the, the history of this hotel and, and that connection with, with Bomber Command? I was aware of it, mm. but I wouldn't have said that it made my heart sing, you know, no. and, and now I'm absolutely drawn into it. You're and, living and breathing it. Well, I am, and, and I'm in such a fortunate position that I get to talk to these chaps who have done these incredible things, and I feel for them that, you know, whenever they want to come at, you know, 90-something, we want mm. to talk to them about what they did 75 years ago. Mm. Mm. But um, they have some incredible stories, and I'm I'm very cognizant of the fact that you know they are living history, yeah. and you know when they go, their stories mustn't. You know, it's yeah. it's our legacy Quite to right. continue to tell. But those you're obviously stories. doing a very good job because wherever we've gone in Lincolnshire, someone's heard of you. 
Dear listener, um, if you're still with us, we have just been treated to a wonderful Petwood dinner. And the wine has flowed, the beer has flowed, the conversation has flowed. We're going to try and resurrect where we'd got to in our conversation with Emma, who owns this <clears throat> wonderful establishment. And Emma, we were talking about the reunions that you have here and, and your connection with 617 Squadron. And the damn... Can I just say what a phenomenal bottle of wine that was, by <laughs> the way? Pri- the, the Primitivo was something else. But we were talk- yeah, we were talking about the, the reunions and the, the, the veterans who come back year after year. We are so fortunate to have the Battle of Britain Memorial Flight Base just down the road, about 10 minutes' drive away, and a lot of our guests, when they come and stay with us, they are visiting either the BBMF or um, Lincolnshire Aviation Heritage Centre at East Kirkby. And, and the Petwood really is, is part of that aviation pilgrimage in terms of coming to, to Lincolnshire. Um, in fact, this weekend, were it not for COVID, we would be hosting the Battle of Britain Memorial Flight end of season oh, guest night, wow. which is a great night. We have about 150 guests and um, it, it's a really enjoyable evening, a great way to reflect on the season, you know, what the flight has been up to, the, the shows it's displayed out and... Uh, Unfortunately, it's been a bit of a, a yeah, sad season it, for, for all involved. Who would be in that guest list? Who would make up that party of 100? So that will be members of the flight, um, support crew, engineers, veterans as well. So ordinarily there would be a World War II veteran on oh. each table. So it's a really privileged event to be able to host and attend, you know, that, that attendees can chat to the veterans about their, their wartime stories and you know these are soon you know not going to be no, that, no, that well told so. and when we, when we spoke to Neil Farrell yesterday he said that the uh, Lank will fly in perpetuity they cannot see any end to the, the flights um, but with the dinners there must be an end point or will you carry them on without the veterans I would very much hope that those dinners will continue. So uh, to take an example, the 619 Squadron reunion that I mentioned previously, uh, many of the original members of 619 Squadron are sadly no longer with us. But the lovely thing is that their children and our grandchildren are coming to these reunions. So the stories of, of the wartime events live on through, through the descendants. And I think that's how aviation history is going to be remembered. You know, it's very sadly... We are approaching, I mean, our veterans now are in their mid to late 90s. They're, they're not going to be with us forever. It's, it's really important that we, we learn their stories, we capture those, and we preserve their legacy. Do you feel a real sense of responsibility as the Petwood, with all the history you have around um, the squadrons, to continue that? Absolutely. I mean, what a privileged position we are in as a Petwood team here, that we get to meet these veterans, we get to hear their stories firsthand. You know, we really are living history from from these amazing people and i have to say the international bomber command center at lincoln has done an extraordinary job of capturing all these interviews as a digital archive so that we have these stories forever it's um it's a fabulous facility so when was that there's the international bomber command center so that's a heritage site because it's in everything was based around lincolnshire how long has that been going it opened two years ago so Emma, last time we were here, 
we came for Greg's 40th birthday. Greg being the bass player of Scouting for Girls. Great band. Uh, and <laughs> Great band. Uh, and uh, we had the most incredible time. This is my favourite hotel in the whole world. Oh. Uh, I had an incredible time. We had dinner here for Greg's 40th in the Squadron Bar. It was brilliant. But you did tell us a story about how you've flown in the Lancaster, which oh. made everybody very jealous around that table. Yeah. Probably and this, this table, table. Yeah. even more jealous. That was very, very special. So in 2014, we had the only other airworthy Lancaster in the world um, come to the UK. It, it lives in, in Canada, in Hamilton, Ontario, and, uh, and the team there from the Canadian Warplane Heritage Museum brought their Lank over to play with our Lank. And it was <laughs> a summer of fun. It was yeah. absolutely amazing. The sound of eight Merlins. Mm-hmm. If you think you get goosebumps with four, absolutely wonderful. And uh, when, when the guys were, were planning the visit, um, they, they came to stay here to do a bit of a recce. And, um, and we, we struck up a, a really great rapport and it was an absolute good pleasure guys? to host them. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, yeah. really, really lovely guys um, and girls. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I managed to um, sneak a, a little 12-minute flight from Coningsby up to Kermington when they oh. were going to do members' rides from, uh, from Humberside Airport. So that was phenomenal. Was that phenomenal. a dream come true? Or was oh it like even goodness. beyond the dream because you never even thought it was going to happen? It, it hadn't even been a dream but it was um it was the year I was turning 30 and I got a list of 30 things to do at 30 and at the top of that list was an unconventional flying experience no, really? and when I'd made this list I thought oh well you know it, it could always be a parachute jump could've, couldn't could've it James's flight would that be unconventional where where in the aeroplane did you sit for the flight. Um, so in the in the Canadian Lancaster, they they have passenger seats Gosh. at the back. So so I was um, I was belted in for for takeoff, oh. and then once we were airborne, I I got to go up and, and stand with the navigator and over the shoulders of because the of pilots. Who you are. <laughs> well, I think that's a special wow. treat. But if you go to Hamilton and have a members' flight there, you fly over Niagara Falls. It is yeah. amazing, have absolutely you done, you incredible. I might have done. What? No way. What? Whoa, you went sorry. to Canada? Yes. So after the um, after their their visit here, there was such an incredible response from mm. from British um, fans, if you like, of of the Canadian Warplane Heritage Museum, and, and we saw an interest in um, Canadian visitors coming to the UK. So we thought that was a, a really Super good synergy. Cool. Absolutely yeah, yeah, yeah. a great reciprocal Perfect relationship for a holiday. <laughs> so uh, work trips, Roy. Yeah, sorry, Definitely sorry. work Tax trips. <laughs> So, so for three years, I, I went out to Hamilton and uh, for three years, three, so, <laughs> three successive years. I, I didn't oh, go really? for a three-year yeah. term. <laughs> so, who's been in the length four times? No, no, okay. twice. But just incredible. Twice. So, you did Absolutely the Niagara incredible. Falls in the in the Canadian length. I managed to go on a on a training tra- training run in with the me in the length in Canada, Blimey. which was wonderful. But. As a as a member, and and you can you know be a member of the Canadian Warplane Heritage Museum. Yeah. In fact, the year after uh, they'd been here, I think they saw a fifty percent spike yeah. in in UK members. Um, it, it's a phenomenal. Can really, we I'm, say that we you? Uh, you're a personal friend. I'm of afraid that'll get you nowhere. Wrong. <laughs> 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 we're quite excited here, having having now been linked for a couple of days. That if uh, if the East Kirkby Lank does fly, that we get to fly over Merrim Hill. Yeah, John. <laughs> the highest point in Lincolnshire. Merrim on the hill. I don't think it's Merrim on the hill. Clinically proven to be the highest point in Lincolnshire. 
Canadian 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 because I, I and I, I've actually priced up the cost of flying because it's actually really far from the main place you fly into Canada. So you've got to do another four-hour flight as soon as you land into oh. what, Toronto. Vancouver, yeah, go Vancouver. to Toronto. Toronto. It's not far from Toronto. No, no. And then because there are the more flights... than one airport in Toro- in Canada that you can fly into. Is it right? Okay, but well, the one I looked was still <laughs> quite a long way away. Anyway, uh, and I. It, it, that's a real thing which I wanted to do. Mm. And then today, when we spoke to Andrew, he thinks in seven years that's his time frame. Yeah. His Just, Just Jane. Jane. Wouldn't that be exciting oh, to see that. Just Jane flying? Oh, and uh, and Dave, the, the CEO of, of Canadian Warplane Heritage Museum, said at the Kinema, at the preview of their uh, reunion of Giants documentary, that if Just Jane gets flying, they will bring... I know. Again, three they will bring her like three languages. Wouldn't that, that be incredible? Would be amazing. Let's just think about that for a second. Wow. Three languages. That's um, flying. In 12 Merlins. That would be formation. <laughs> Talk to us about the kinema. Yeah, Because I, I haven't... Know I don't know about this. I haven't... Like, oh, the Kinemar is amazing. So um, the Kinemar in the Woods... Spot with a K. Yes. Yeah. So the Kinemar in the Woods is um, our local cinema. In fact, it's... I think it's over 95 years old. And it's one of, if not the only, cinema to still um, show films with rear projection. It's it's an old sports pavilion, which was converted into a cinema in the 20s. Um, It has connections to the um, Lady Weigel, whose home this was. And so the the officers in World War II would be going to the kinema to watch the Pathé newsreels. You know, they referred to it as the flicks and the sticks, They'd walk oh. through the garden to get there. It, it's such an incredible experience. And um, and today the cinema has three screens. It shows all the latest films. And um, there's a very special intermission treat in that in screen one there is an old Compton organ that, that rises no. up. No. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's incredible. What we need to do is when the Lancaster, the Lancaster film finally comes out, yes. just come here. And watch that. That, that must be. Are you telling me they it's use amazing. film projectors there still? Mm-hmm. No, it's it's digital now, I'm sure. Shame. Yeah. yeah. Right. But it's um it's an extraordinary experience. Oh it's, wow. It's great. an often overused word, but the kinema is unique. Mm. And what else is there at Woodhorse Bar? Because it's quite it's 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 pretty tiny. But at the same time, it's, it's, like, it's a beautiful spa mm. town. Right? So in the, in the centre of Portal Spa, which, believe it or not, is, is still technically a village, yeah. uh, despite having a wonderful... Um, the, the Broadway, which is the main street, has, has a plethora of independent shops. It's, it's a really lovely place to, yeah. uh, to live and work. But in the centre of the village, um, we have Royal Square, and in Royal Square we've got um, memorials to 617 Squadron of, of wartime losses and, and post-Second World War losses as well um, and, and as I say it's being in the heart of Lincolnshire the heart of Bonner County it's yeah. it's an ideal space to um, make your your base for, for aviation pilgrimage so we're so close to Coningsby East Kirkby um, sites at Lincoln Scampton RAF Metheringham Thorpe a, Camp a, down the road there's a place on the way out today which had a lightning and a bloodhound um, missile, missile. Mm. there's a, a lightning jet and a bloodhound missile on the right-hand side, heading south. Thorpe. Thorpe, Thorpe Camp. Thorpe yes. Camp. Thorpe Camp Visitor Centre. Yeah. That's fantastic. They host a 40s festival every year, as yeah. does Woodhall Spa. Mm-hmm. 
Um, yeah, we're we're really lucky to have so many aviation attractions on Woodstock. Is still signposted with red signs. Yeah. So is it an active site? It's not an active site. It's now owned by the Lincolnshire Wildlife Trust. Actually, so interestingly, they're they're cultivating you know this wonderful sort of area for for wildlife, yet still giving that nod to aviation um, history. And there's a memorial actually at, at RAF Woodhall um, for Six One Seven Squadron. A beautiful, beautiful memorial stone there. There is the Lincolnshire Aviation Trail. Have you come across this? Yes. <laughs> Because there's so much to do with aviation, we've been here for two days, we're doing three days, and on the the leaflet, which I got from the Lincolnshire Aviation Trail, we've done, I think, a third of if the that, things. That's, another, that's another six days you can come back. And oh, so, great. at least. it's. I, I think it's a must-do for any aviation yeah. fan, anybody who lives in the UK, to come and stay here at the Petwood and do... Like the incredible things you can do. Yeah. Well, Lincolnshire was, um, I think, the first place to really get all the aviation heritage sites in an area uh, grouped together in a partnership. So Aviation Heritage Lincolnshire is a, is a partnership organisation and the, the member sites all promote one another. So 20 plus partners come together to really put tourism, you know, aviation as a, as a tourism pinpoint um, for the area. And now I believe that that's, that's going wider um, it's there's a national scheme being put together, and, and hopefully Lincolnshire's aviation heritage model will um, will transfer well, into must that. Must be sort of front and centre of that because the concentration of uh, the concentration of airfields is extraordinary. Yeah, isn't it? Well, and it, the active bases that are still going. Indeed. So we've got a, a map just outside the uh, squadron bar here that shows all the wartime airfields and it is truly that jazz it's extraordinary to see how many airfields were in operation during second world war i mean now in terms of active bases um we have raf coningsby down the road in terms of the the qra um which even if you (coughs) we went to the bbmf visitor center which was amazing but i didn't realize when we turned up there's a whole car park with a cafe of people just Looking at the jets, the bottles, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, yeah. And you, and but it's not like a restricted view. It's not like you know everything's pulled up. There's just a barbed, you know, a normal barbed wire fence. Jez can tell us exactly what sort of. Fence <laughs> is. Was, uh, Any questions about that? Can come to me later. But you, you've got an incredible view of forty typhoons. Yeah. On taking off and, go, and like, I wanted to stay there all afternoon, and then we, and then you've got the BBMF in there. You know, it's it's incredible. Yeah. yeah it and is. then of course RAF College Cranwell. Yeah. You know the, where the whole Royal Air Force started. I think you know, even where... James might have spent some time there. I have. I was trained to be an officer there, quite badly, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> uh, told me to eat with a knife and fork and everything. And I've still got the scratch marks on the back of my hand to prove that. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, and you were stationed at Connorsby for a while, and then I was stationed at Connorsby for, for, for a short while, holding. Um, and yeah, I, I mean, Lincolnshire is the home of the Air Force as well, as particularly with Cranwell. Uh, and Cranwell is there's two sides to Cranwell, at least two sides to Cranwell. There's the RAF College, which is the, the officer training college, and there's the flying side as well, where I did my flying training, um, mm. my basic flying uh, training on the Takano. So it'll always be the home of the RAF for me. And well, for us, we're just delighted that it's still going to be home to the Red Arrows. Yeah, you know, yeah. With Scampton closing, there was yeah. some great concern that, that yeah. the Reds would, would move. It's either Leeming or Wittering. So the fact that they're going to RAF Waddington is, is really exciting for us yeah. because yeah. You know, aviation is just part of the fabric of you know, what Lincolnshire is about. Totally. 
Yeah, I think as outsiders, you know, as in, we're not from the area, we don't appreciate that at all. But it really, genuinely, is a big part of what this county is about because there's clearly a lot of farming, which <laughs> I love because there's a lot of tractors to look at. <laughs> and in fact, this is, I really just I need to move the here. Best couple of days of his life. Yeah, actually, <laughs> yeah, I need to move here because it's got airplane, tractor, airplane, tractor, airplane, tractors. <laughs> What more could a man? That's a fencing it? potential. It's like Jez. Uh, just I don't care about the fencing. Drive. Well, just <laughs> don't crash. Well. But it, I've completely forgot what I was going to say. Mm. Other than, it, it, do, do as a as a local, do you all still really appreciate how much uh, the air force and everything that goes with it plays a part in your lives? Is it is it is it interwoven into your sort of DNA? I think it is, you know, and, and there will be varying degrees of, of those who who really get it and those who are just aware of it. Is there any sort of anti-Air Force um, feeling in the county? No. I can't say that I've ever come across because any I mean, anti-Air Force well, as, as a somebody who's flown, wherever you go, there's someone who doesn't want you flying in their back garden. You know, the RF are noisy, um, you know, it, it doesn't lead for necessarily a, a peaceful life, having a, a fighter base next next to your house <laughs> so wherever you go there's always some resistance quite rightly possibly um, but I just wondered if, if, if I've got to say any... I, I think Coningsby and, and that's really where the where the noise if yeah. you like is, is going to come from within the county I think Coningsby are really good at at liaising with the local community as to when they're going to be doing night flying which might be sort of anti-social mm-hmm. flying times and I think Generally, people who live in this part of the county certainly just love it. <laughs> they, they just yeah. love hearing, you know, our our military at work. You know, mm. it's um, we're really fortunate to. And actually, to have if you have a conversation with somebody and a, a typhoon flies ahead, everyone just stops and just looks, waits, <laughs> enjoys, and it. carries on. It's part yeah. of life, you know. Yeah. But this is one thing that I found when I when I first joined the RAF is, is I came up on a train, I think, up to uh, to Grantham, and then a bus took me to to Cranwell on one of my First, uh, first days. And I remember looking up in the sky and seeing these tornadoes flying over. And down south, we don't get that at all. No, yeah. we have no, no fast jet traffic, oh, yeah. particularly very little military traffic, mostly helicopters in that air, in that part of the world. And to see jets is is quite is a joy yeah. for us. Mm, and it's 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 something out of the ordinary. Whereas you must get fairly used to. Well, <laughs> yeah, the red arrows, the BBMF, <laughs> and Britain's elite fighter force. How, how yeah. good was it uh, this afternoon? We missed it because we were gliding on our Lincoln trip. But the uh, the lank came over and literally tipped the wings. Oh the my god, I got goosebumps. Yeah. So it's so uncommon to have have the lank flying this late into the season. Yeah. I mean, ordinarily the season would have ended by now. So. Yeah, to A, to see the Lank up in October is yeah. really exciting. Um, yeah. But, yeah, they, it was really low today. I got goosebumps. Was it? it was absolutely was, fantastic. It was so I was low. gutted you missed it. We do so, like to fly over the pet words. Yeah. Mm. You're a bit of a, bit of a beacon for them. Well, we, we do wave. You've got to wave. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You've got to yeah. wave. No, it's absolutely wonderful that... You know, I, in the summer, certainly, I, I have my office door propped open because 
just hearing the sound of the Merlins, really? I've got just enough time to, to run out and, oh, and give them a wave. Brilliant. It's that's absolutely wonderful. Brilliant. We we don't take it for granted. It is slightly disheartening on our guest feedback forms under the uh, highlight of your stay when a guest writes the BBMF fly past. Reflected glory. Yeah, exactly. But uh, there can't be many hotels in the UK where you get a Lancaster fly well, past. No, or, or indeed no. that of Spitfires and Hurricanes as well. Yeah, absolutely right. Um, a couple of things we need to just wind up with one is that a lot of what has happened on this trip our trip to Lincolnshire has been down to one man and that is John Marshall from Lynx FM who, <laughs> who's been very much in the background during these interviews but John we just want to say thank you for, for setting up so much of this you're very welcome <laughs> I'm pleased you all had a lovely time and one thing that didn't get mentioned is how often we get a Red Arrows display a few times a week Oh, people have to wow. go to air shows and we just happen to see them around the county Yeah, uh, as we're driving around or heading to work or whatever that is an amazing thing that we see a few times a week and people will yeah. pull over their cars yeah. or observe them on their way to work and, and let us know that they've seen them or we, we do that the same ourselves so it's, we're very lucky in that way yeah we, we're lucky to see them once a year yeah yeah, yeah. It's a few times a week oh, around these parts. What joy. You've yes. done a good job, job there, John. Yeah. Thank you, John. Yeah, yeah. No problem. The thing is, John doesn't like flying. <laughs> not, not, not a huge fan. <laughs> John's taken three days off work. Yeah. Yes, to, to not fly. To come on an aviation holiday. I've come on an aviation holiday and uh, I've not flown once. But <laughs> that was my choice. Yeah, it was your choice, <laughs> you I, mad I, fool. I don't mind getting on a plane but, I've got to go somewhere, but just for pleasure... It is no pleasure. <laughs> I'm what, have to what a strange this individual. This is very against the uh, brand. It's anti-aviation, yeah. isn't it? I'm <laughs> out. It is. I'm no, not allowed you. in the gang anymore. Uh, you're with and us, John. Thank you for coming you, to see us. Oh, we're... Now open your presents. <laughs> yeah, now, yes, good mention. Um, Emma, you've just handed out some some wrapping paper. Some <laughs> Things in wrapping. What have we got? What's going on? Going on? Well, as a as a welcome to Lincolnshire gift. Can we open it? We, we yeah, are. of we course, are. of course. Um, this is a gift from Mindy at Asali Designs. Um, ordinarily, you'd have to go to an air show to see uh, the lights of what you're wrapping here. Oh yeah. Um, but uh, Asali Designs. Lincolnshire this is very loud. The wrapping. Oh. <laughs> oh my god. So Lincolnshire Born Company. Oh. Um, Asali Designs has a fabulous no. range of aviation themed leather goods and uh, and Mindy has sent some little gifts to say oh, welcome to Lincolnshire. I hope you enjoy gem. your stay. Oh, they are personalised with our initials. Oh, so that. What have you got there, RC. RC, sorry. RC. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. RC. <laughs> what's on there? Oh, I think you've got the Typhoon. Oh. With, with your no. airshow back. Background, yeah, you'll get the whole or bring the noise. Oh, that's fabulous. What have you got, Roy? I got the Spitfire. And um, my, my little card just to say, uh, well, to have a great stay in Bomber County. Here's a small token to help you remember. And read, um, sorry, and a nod to your hawk flying days. Oh, oh yeah, both of them. <laughs> oh, yeah. Someone Someone has listened and Oh, Mindy. Oh, Mindy, thank you so very much. I'd like to just say, John Marshall back. I'm the only person who didn't get anything. (laughs) 
<laughs> and also, I'm the only person who is a friend of Mindy's <laughs> because I know Mindy and she sent me nothing. <laughs> <laughs> me and Mindy are finished. Well, well I've had a Mindy gift. We've only just Welcome. started with Mindy. Have a great trip to Mom and Have all the best, Mindy. Good luck with your flying. Mindy's obviously she has been yeah. well briefed. Yeah. She has. Thanks, Mindy. That is absolutely above and beyond. That's right. Oh, That's lovely. Oh, thank you very much, no, Mindy. That is amazing. Incredible. I've recently become aware of Asali Designs through Twitter. And there is a connection with the typhoon. I've got the typhoon. What's the connection with the typhoon? Mindy is married to Jim Peterson, who was the typhoon display pilot for the last two years. I watched him. Yeah. He was really quite Very good. good. <laughs> yeah. Oh, fantastic. Wow. I think it's fair to say Jim brings the noise. <laughs> <laughs> Jim brings the noise. He does. He does. Oh, wow. Oh, I saw him displaying in front of his mother at Eastbourne, because I think his family is from Eastbourne, or that, that, that way. And it was just fantastic because the commentator, who I think was from the Typhoon Display team, said, well, Jim's mother is in the crowd today. And we just watched to think, God, if you were this guy's mum, how proud would you be for not a, the noise but the display he put on in the Typhoon? And this is, this is Jim's wife. Yeah. Oh, we're in, guys. We're totally in with the Typhoon Display team here. www.sallydesigns.co.uk We'll put the link all on our socials. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you, Emma. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Emma. Thank you for coming. It's such a pleasure to welcome you. I hope you enjoy the rest of your stay. We will. We just get back to the wine. Well, a huge thanks to Emma and all her staff of the Petwood for giving us the most wonderful time there and uh, so full of history it was just the most wonderful place do go and stay there if ever you're visiting Lincolnshire now we'll have more from our Lincolnshire trip in our next episode and our meeting with the legend that is Neil Farrell Lancaster pilot with the Battle of Britain Memorial flight and we get a tour of the Dambusters Heritage Centre at RAF Scampton and in the coming weeks we'll be moving into the present day with the RAF's Typhoon Squadrons at Coningsby where we each had a varied degrees of success flying the Typhoon Sim And if you'd like to delve into the top landing gear archive, you'll be able to hear our previous episode and our trip to East Kirkby, where Lancaster Just Jane is being restored to flight. Just go to wherever you normally get your podcasts, where you'll also be able to access all our episodes from Series 1 and 2. Do let us know anything or anyone you'd like us to feature, and we'll try and make it happen. In the meantime, remember you can keep in touch with us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram at Top Landing Gear and do email us with your comments and questions for our aviation expert, James Cartner. Our email address is info at toplandinggear.com. That's info at toplandinggear.com with two Gs. And however you're listening to us, please recommend us to your friends and family and do leave a review, especially if you've enjoyed it. In the meantime, thanks for listening and bye for now. And Jez asked him the question, how much longer can these things fly? And he said, in perpetuity. What's the word? In perpetuity. In perpetuity. In perpetuity. I mean, the middle syllables are often unnecessary. The Americans don't bother. Why should you, Rob? Quite right. And he said... I just go from...
in perpetuity. And he said, in perpetuity. <laughs> I've got to leave it all in now. It's gold. It's gold. <laughs> It's and my question to you, Emma, is... Um, <laughs> How do you pronounce... <laughs> Who's your wine supplier? <laughs> <laughs> my question to you, Emma, is... Are you going to read your wine supplier? And I put it to you. <laughs> is um good luck with the editing, Roy. Uh, is um I'm half crying in laughter, these, and half in tears. Yes, of course. But, you know, but these these dinners will continue for many years to come. <laughs> well, they absolutely will. It's um... I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Should we just take it away? Anne? Take it away. I mean, nobody else. <laughs> Just go from in That's all you got to do, Rob. Do I have to, but I have to ask a question, though. Yeah. Yeah. Then you're a professional. Okay. Lost it. No, right, okay. Um, you watch through the keyhole. He's <laughs> had a baby. Maybe it's a wine supplier in the making. How much longer will these fly for? Lovely. Yeah. Emma's really much more professional. She's, she's much better than we are. Emma, by the uh, way, is unaffected by anything. Can I say we've been at altitude today? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think you should. <laughs> I, think I, I think I might. Oh, this is the um, best interview. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Good job it's so, not live, eh, John? <laughs> um, Emma, thank you so much in, for hosting us, and good night. Uh, right, okay, in, in perpetuity. So, Jez asked the question <laughs> how much longer can these aircraft fly? And Neil said, How long has that been going? It opened two years ago. So, nine, two, what do we mean? <laughs> <laughs> so, 2018. Don't do the maths for you. Well, can't, uh, say we can't appear, and that's the sort of information that I think people have here. Like. <laughs> Not easy, is it? <laughs> 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 Thanks for that, Jim. Uh, 